Hello and welcome to Bayhem, the Talk Film Society Michael Bay retrospective. We're going through the films of Michael Bay. I am your co-host, Marcelo Pico. With me, as always, are my two other co-hosts, Mike Schindler. Hey, Mike. Hey, how's it going? Hey, it's going great. And also, hey, Diego Crespo is here. Hey, Diego. Hello. It's so good to be back from our regularly <laughs> scheduled program, which there was no time gap between. No. I mean, if you listen to this as it's coming out, you're either listening, listening to this back to back, the episodes, you know, you're, you're, you're binge watching, sorry, you're binge streaming, listening, you know, them, or you're, you're listening to it week by week by week. And, uh, you haven't noticed that we took like a month off <laughs> in, in between these, uh, these, these episodes. Uh, but yeah, I'm glad to be back with talking to you guys, talking to Michael Bay. Uh, I hope you all have been well this past, this past month. <laughs> Yeah, although now, yeah. now I yeah. have a cold, so you know it's. Uh... Oh man, I uh, I had a cold like two weeks ago, uh, but I still managed to get out of the house and watch Once Upon a Time in Hollywood and Dolby Cinema twice. Yeah. Um, I should not have done that health wise, but I don't regret it, not at all. Nope, nope, as you shouldn't. Yeah. No, that's, no that's, I, yeah. I think that's a good movie. It's a good movie. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I I I, I wish that was the year. I wish that was the two-hour and 40-minute movie we were talking about this episode. Oh, no. can we? <laughs> <laughs> Let's do that instead. I, I would be doing way better today if that was the case. <laughs> this episode, we're talking Transformers Age of Extinction. Um, the fourth movie in the franchise came out June 27th, 2014. Oh, boy. Where do we begin? Yeah, Let's begin with our... Initial watches, you know, how we felt when we first saw the movie, and then talk about how we feel about it now, five years later. Um, let's start with Diego. Diego, talk about your first time watching Age of Extinction. So I was a little angrier then. Like when I talked about movies, that was the very uh, Man of Steel era rant era oh, of God, film Twitter, yeah. uh, which <laughs> I was a part of, and I apologize for that. I think that's a bad way to go about discussing movies if you're just yelling without like a point besides, I didn't like it. Uh, so I apologize for that. I tried to work better at that now. A, a point that I can bring up later, the Man of Steel connection, because it's related to this film. I, I remember walking out of the movie, and that being the first movie where I asked for a refund and I said, could I please come back uh, and watch a different movie? Because that was, Wait, that was all for me for man of steel, uh, age of extinction. Excuse oh, me. age of extinction. Oh my gosh. Age, age of extinction okay. was the first one. I was okay. like, that was, I, I, I can't, I can't do that again. Can I, wow. can I please have a refund? And, uh, we're, start, like, we're starting here. Okay. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, like you, you left, you came out after the movie or like before it ended. After the movie, uh, but the, the, oh, it, it was it was a joke. It was a jokey cadence. Uh, I'm actually I was actually friends with someone who who worked at the theater, and uh, I did end up getting a free ticket. But that was just because they were a friend, not because <laughs> I was serious See, about it. So that was very um, nice. But uh, well, real quick, we can talk. We, we, Mike, you've mentioned before that you work at a, at a theater, right? Right. So yeah. you you may have some some thing to say about this. But yeah, um, I've only I never done that ever in my life uh where i, I went and that's not, not to say you did a bad thing diego <laughs> and, and also you 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 knew the person working there but like there's never been a case where i'm like at the end of a movie i go i want my money back i felt like every movie i've seen that i paid for i felt like i deserved it whatever it was <laughs> i felt like i paid i paid the money i sat through the whole thing you know i i i'm taking this in the chin so, of course, there are people who like I walked. Uh, I, I walked out of a screening of Twelve Years a Slave, and overheard some old guy saying to uh, someone who works at the theater, "It's like that movie was out of focus. I want my I want my money back. I want a free ticket." And they gave him a free ticket, which was, I'm sure, it happens all the time. But it's just always always odd to me that somebody thought that the the artistic vision of a of a director on screen amounts to it being blurry i don't know anyway that's a side story <laughs> <laughs> that, that, that happens a lot i remember yeah. uh, someone coming up and complaining that uh uh for some reason uh, uh 13 what was the name of that movie 13 13 hours 
Thir- <laughs> 13 going on 30? No, the 13 days. Was it 13 days? The the Cuban Missile Crisis movie. Oh, uh, yeah. yeah Kevin I think Costner. It was 13 days, yeah. And for, for some reason in that movie, like, they'll start off, like, certain scenes in black and white, and then they, like, shift to color. Like, there's no real reason for it. They just do it. And... Uh, I, someone came out and complained and said, there's something wrong with your projector because it keeps on going into black and white. <laughs> but, you know, it happens. Yeah, it happens. But uh, no, but Diego complained uh, after seeing Age of Extinction because he said it was so bad he wanted his money back. So yeah. got I, I should have yeah. opened with that. I knew I knew someone working at the theater. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I know. Because the manager it, there now. But uh, yeah, um, no. When, when, yeah. when he first told the story, I'm like, wow, the gall of you, Diego. <laughs> no, no, no. Yeah. I, and, and, and also, don't give theater workers a hard time because Jesus. No, please don't. Please don't be yeah. assholes. Uh, they're, they're amazing people. And not just because I know some in real life. Including Mike, but yes, they're all amazing. Please, please treat them with the respect they deserve. Yeah, but no, our, Diego, our, com- our company has a policy where, if for any reason you want a refund in the first thirty minutes, you can get it, no questions asked. You know, uh, okay. So uh, most people know that going into it. So if they're not digging a movie, they can still get their money back. But you know, if they come out at the end of the movie, <laughs> eh, you know. We'll, we'll we'll talk about that one. So yeah, yeah, case by case basis. <laughs> yeah. Uh, what, what what would you have given a refund to somebody out of Age of Extinction, Mike? <laughs> I probably would not have. I mean, depending uh, on their whatever, I would probably been like, uh, well, you did stay for the whole movie, but next time, yeah. you know, if after half an hour you're not digging it, <laughs> let us know. There you fine. Go. So Diego, you got your money back. <laughs> Well, was uh, ticket. I got. I got a ticket. Yeah, okay, yeah, okay. But it was. Yeah, it was. Yeah, it was a friend. There wasn't a. Yeah, yeah, okay, yeah. yeah. Let's, let's clarify that. Um, but it was that bad, huh? Huh? I I really disliked it. Like, I I was one of those. This is when I used to get like genuinely angry over like movies, and now I'm just like, yeah, that sucked. I'm gonna move on with my life now because I just I'm in a better place, I guess. So <laughs> I don't know. so so now five years later, how how, how you feeling? Oh no! It still sucks a lot. But it's I'm gonna so move on with my life after we're done talking about this. <laughs> All right. So that's Diego's perspective. Mike, what about you? Your first time watching this? Uh, yeah, I saw it. You know, opening night, like you know, the Thursday preview. Uh, we went to uh, South Barrington to see it in IMAX 3D because they made a big deal out of shooting it with imax 3d cameras and i went with my wife and uh my friend zach who you know both of us grew up with transformers and sort of bonded over that at a at a young age so you know seeing a transformers movie with him it's like yeah you know that's the thing to do and i remember watching it myself and thinking like more than anything thinking like this is some of the best 3d i've ever seen like the image quality in this thing is amazing and you know coming out of it and my friend zach who's you know a big transformers fan and we we had both liked like all the movies prior to this he was like i just don't know man you know (laughs) (laughs) and uh that was sort of like the first indication to me that maybe this this maybe I, i wasn't looking at this uh quite objectively yeah, um, and on on a on your rewatch now, how do how do you feel? Um, I don't like. There's still a lot of stuff that I do like about it, but on the whole, I think it doesn't work. And um, this yeah. is, I think, maybe now the third or fourth time that I've seen it because I watched it right before last night came out. And uh, yeah, I, I, according to my letterbox, because I was like going back and forth, I'm like, is it a three star movie or is it a two star movie? Because there's a lot of like really cool stuff in there, but there's just a lot of nothing going on in it too. And uh, when I opened up my letterbox, I saw that last time I apparently had the same thought because I gave it two <laughs> stars. So yeah, it's a two star movie. I don't like it. Yeah, I. Um I remember distinctly watching this in a theater. I, I used to go to this theater in the in the uh, town north of Austin, uh, where I lived for a bit. Uh, they had a uh, five dollar uh, Friday deal. The first showings on Fridays were five bucks. I was like, oh, pretty good. And I had Fridays off at that point. And I'm like, yeah, I'm gonna watch Age, Age of Extinction like 11 a.m. on a Friday. Pay five bucks for it. 
and Bull Boy. And that town I was in, it's called Georgetown. It's a little bit north of Austin. Um, a little bit more conservative, a little bit more, a little older audience there in that theater. And I just sense the tension, <laughs> you know, in that theater by the end, towards the end. I'm like, man, if I, if I could bottle this, right, you know, <laughs> and, and, and have it run for president, you know, it'd win. Um, no, yeah, it's, it, was just, it was just an odd screening. And I remember just bits and parts of it. I remember, I think I mentioned this on a, on a previous episode, the moments of comedy, in quotes, were an alien shoots no where a transformer shoots i think an alien or something another transformer another robot thing uh and calls it a bitch for for squirting liquid on it yeah that stood out (laughs) um yeah and other crazy moments like that stood out but yeah by the end i'm like i enjoyed some of the uh, the chaos there especially towards the end when all this, sh- like the spaceship was sucking things up and crashing things down, and Stanley Tucci was screaming at the top of his lungs. A lot of that was entertaining to me, but no, for the most part, this movie's bad. <laughs> you know, I I was like mixed more, I guess, when I first saw it, but now seeing it in five years later today, no, this is a bad movie. <laughs> this is not good. Yeah, I don't like it. I don't I- like it at all. I can uh, I can I'll, I'll back up Mike for sure though was like there's definitely stuff in here that I really like like I mean this movie has robot dinosaurs because uh, I, I forget if you're both were, were Transformers fans for a while before the movies I, I no it's not, it's I did Mike not have it's that. just Mike uh, so yeah. you know robot dinosaurs inherently awesome there's like this cool like shape shifting Transformium tech I forgot what it's called I'm gonna call it Transformium because it sounds I think like- that's what it's, I think that is what it's called right? oh my god I'm, that's amazing <laughs> like that's it's so nerdy and cool yeah. um, but uh, yeah not 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 a lot going for it whenever those things aren't on screen and they're not on screen nearly enough <laughs> What what is the deal with the dinosaurs, Mike? I mean, I'm sure you know. Like, because I, I, from what I remember, this is me being a non, you know, OG Transformers fan. Like, I think people were making a big deal about they're called Dinobots, right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. About cool. (laughs) (laughs) You know. Yes. On on paper, it's cool. I mean, in the movie, we'll talk about it here in a bit. But I want to hear about Mike. I want to hear. what Mike has to say about Dinobots in general. What's the deal with Dinobots? Um, well, I mean, the real deal is that they were like, let's make, you know, Transformers that can transform into dinosaurs. You know, I mean, that's as simple as it was. I mean, they were in the original show and they were always really popular. I forget the exact, like, story behind it in the show, but I think it's like, you know, the ship, the the ship with the Transformers crash lands on the planet Earth, like... 2000 years ago or something like that and then you know eventually in like 1984 someone stumbles upon them and then they whatever you know wake up so you know there is this kind of like history of like they've been here for thousands of years and just no one's known about it so i think there was something where like these guys woke up early you know and like when the dinosaurs were around so i guess it wasn't 2000 years ago i guess it was you know whatever it was 20,050 i don't know it was a <laughs> it was a really long time ago okay and they woke up and dinosaurs were around and they decided to transform into dinosaurs i don't know exactly it doesn't make a lot of sense i mean there is like a whole other series called beast wars which makes a lot more sense even though it was like a ridiculous concept where like they transform into animals and the, the in-universe reason for that is because there's like harmful radiation in the atmosphere and if they transform into their robot form then you know, they're exposed to the stuff so they got to stay as animals whenever possible so as not to you know it's like they're they're sunblock or whatever you know (laughs) so you know it's not that they're in disguise they're just you know so i don't know why a dinosaur a robot would need to turn into a dinosaur like a dinosaur looking at them would care whatever i don't know (laughs) but on the show they're, they're like they're also like you know not like 
apparently they have like the intelligence of dinosaurs too you know like me grimlock me king you know like that kind of thing you know whatever it's things like that i it's i don't understand why they were so popular i never particularly liked them but they were popular so whatever and they're one of the few transformers which survived the the massive slaughter at the beginning of of the Transformers movie when they were like, you guys already own all those toys. We need you to buy new toys. So we're going to kill off all the characters that you already own and introduce new ones so that you can buy those again, like Galvatron, which we see in this thing. So whatever. I don't know. That was long and rambling, but you know... (laughs) So yeah, people got some Dinobot context. Now, in the movie, yeah, okay, they made a big deal. Well, even before watching the movie, they made a big deal in the advertising. Isn't it's an Optimus Prime? It's an Optimus Prime riding a, a T Rex yeah. Transformer yeah, in a, yeah. on the poster. Yes, fuck yes. yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. And like when you sell me that movie, I'm like, I'm all in. <laughs> All right, which is not I how want, they are in, in the cartoon, by the way. They're just like the same size as everybody else. But whatever, it doesn't matter. Are you telling me in the cartoon they're not riding the dinosaurs? No, they're That's... just like hanging out. Like they'll be standing there, and then there's another dinosaur who, for some reason, they barely ever transform. So it's like Optimus Prime standing next to a T Rex having a conversation. That's like, even that's how cooler than riding the dinosaur. <laughs> I guess so. <laughs> Why don't we have that movie instead? We do. Oh it's God. called Transformers the Movie. It's really <laughs> oh good. You down. should see it. I think it's five bucks on iTunes right now. We should, okay, we have like a nice gap because we're, we're close to the end of this initial run of the series, right? Maybe we should do a bonus episode of Transformers the Movie. Yes. <laughs> Something that Michael Bay has not, is, is not a part of at all, but, right. but still. Which he says is terrible. He says it's terrible. Yeah. Now, well, now I want to see it. He's, now he's I like, see it. he's like, I know everybody loves it. I know it's a big fan favorite, but boy, man, that first movie, it's so bad. <laughs> <laughs> well, we're gonna find out here soon enough. I, I want to do that bonus episode. Since we're opening that door, I want to rewatch and talk about Bumblebee. Okay, an actual good Transformers movie. <laughs> yeah. All right. The di- okay, the Dinobots in this movie. I am mad, even though I have no Dinobot memories context i don't i don't even know I, I didn't know what they were before this movie really they save it they save those bots for like the final like <laughs> act and the final 20 minutes of the thing and what they do nothing they they're, they're just i think like the velociraptor one you know choose up a bad guy but other than that what do they do they don't do anything i'm angry <laughs> they're they're dino ex machinas like that's, <laughs> God damn that's it. really what they are <laughs> yep there you go. So I'm coining that phrase, me, by the way. It's good. There you go. It's good. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. But no, I I'm upset, and I shouldn't be this upset because I I don't care about Dinobots. But it just fooled me. I thought the Dinobots were going to be a bigger part, but no. I mean, I mean, Mike, you should be upset too. I guess I am. I don't know. I, you know, <laughs> at that point, I'm like, Jesus, they're introducing something else now. Like we're already like three hours into this thing. Like. <laughs> You know, and it's like, well, that's cool and all. I don't know. I I always thought the Dinobots were a weird, dumb thing. I mean, the whole thing is they're robots in disguise, right? They transform into cars so that people don't know that they're robots. (laughs) So why is this thing transforming into a dino, a dinosaur? You know, whatever. I don't know. I I always thought that was dumb, but that's just me. And also, the the Dinobots in this movie. Oh wait, no, they are robots. They're Transformers that go. Yeah, no, I'm fucking confused about the whole thing. Um, so anyway, that made me upset, and that's not even the, you know, that's at the that's, that's in the final twenty minutes of the movie. There's like a whole. <laughs> where do we even start, Mark you can Wahlberg? Fit like three movies into this one movie. <laughs> yeah, you can't. the The Transformers the movie is literally <laughs> half the length of this thing. You know. Oh my so, gosh, good lord! And there's a lot um, more that happens in that than this. So. What is that? That's the My, thing, uh, huh? Like this one, yeah. not a lot really does happen, but it also feels like so much is happening. But then you try to look back, like talk about it, like we're going to try to right now, and it's just like, oh yeah, I'm trying. Well, we 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 open. Uh, we open with, with uh, some explosions, uh, Mark, which is nice. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Yeah, I forgot about the explosions. The whole hey, here's here's why Transformers 
are on Earth so early because they, they're, they're, I don't even know, there's a death seed or something. <laughs> I don't even know what that was called. And yeah. And then we are introduced to Mark Wahlberg. I want to talk about Mark Wahlberg. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I want to, desperately. I can see why uh, Michael Bay and Mark Wahlberg are friends. I can see that. Mm-hmm. They, I think they have a similar personality. Um, but I don't know. Like, why is he in this? <laughs> I know why he's in it, but he should not be in this. I don't think he can carry a movie like this. That's because he's bad. an inventor. Uh, he's, I don't believe I don't buy him <laughs> at all as an inventor that's his thing <laughs> oh it's amazing this is the greatest character that Michael Bay's ever created his name is Cade Yeager like some Pacific Rim ass name in the, the middle of this Michael Bay movie um, and he fights the US government uh, led by Kelsey Grammer um, and underrated character actor Ty- Titus Welliver, who is great in everything. And even this, That's right. where he has a line where he gets to say, my face is my warrant. And little moments like that are sprinkled into this movie, like every 10 to 15 minutes. But they're just there for a second. And then you're back into like the grind of this uh. thing. Remind me, uh, Titus uh, Willibur, right? Yes, uh, he, he's the guy who got pushed out of the out of the window by Mark Wahlberg, and yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. He, yeah, he yeah he is a great character actor. I think he was also on um, the first season of Twenty Four, and, and uh, yeah, I like that season. Yeah, probably. who wasn't he's on the a... first season of Twenty Four? <laughs> oh, <laughs> so many people, people were in that one. <laughs> yeah. But no, I I have to keep remembering that Mark Wahlberg is playing an inventor. Uh, because <laughs> the scenes in which he's fighting, yes, uh, Titus's character, the CIA hitman, and he's holding his own as an inventor. <laughs> that doesn't make it, it doesn't make any sense to me. It doesn't. It's like the tip of the iceberg of like things not making sense in this movie. Like I like the idea behind it. I like the idea that the hero of this thing is like a scientist, you know? And I like the idea that it's like, oh, you know, action star Mark Wahlberg is like an inventor, whatever. I I like that on paper. I just don't necessarily (laughs) buy any of it. And it's, I don't know, it's weird. It's It's because I know Michael Bay doesn't buy it. It just feels like he's anything but an inventor, especially by the end. When he, when Mark Wahlberg is playing himself uh, at times, that 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 the the, the the most memeable moment in this movie, and I hate even saying that, is when Mark Wahlberg crashes his spaceship into that car, into that truck of Budweiser. It's, is it Bud Light? Yeah, <laughs> I think it's yeah. Bud Light. Yeah, <laughs> it's Bud Light. Okay, yeah, the disgusting fucking beer um and there's like bud light everywhere and some guys like hey you hit my car you better have insurance and then my and then mark Wahlberg picks up a a, a bud light cracks it open on the guy's uh, uh car door and drinks it and like throws away the bud. that is ridiculous i don't know why that is happening why, why is that happening i know why it's happening again <laughs> i know why you know uh they, they, they wanted some bud light bucks okay but why? Why though? Because oh, he's a warm-blooded American hero. <laughs> exactly. He's a working-class man who fights the government, teams up with robot aliens. On paper, this would be the greatest movie ever made. Mm-hmm. <sighs> like that's a, an incredible premise. I mean, it starts off with him going to an old movie theater, which is in Illinois, by the yeah. way. Yeah. And then they're like talking about. They, I mean, they have a scene in a projection booth, which, by the way, I'm just saying. There are no theaters in the world that have billions and billions of film reels and cans just strewn about the booth, you know, <laughs> anywhere. Because you, why, why would you do that? Why would you have that? You need to return the movies. They don't let you keep them. They're just like storing. And then you go into the auditorium and there's more film reels and stuff just all over the place. Like, How do they get down there? What? Why Why are they there? Why are they there? And then the projector, whatever, it was cool to see the projector. It was cool to see the lenses. But they're like, oh, hand me that Zeiss lens. He says that. That's a line in this movie. Hand me that Zeiss lens. 
Like, oh, oh, you mean this Zeiss lens over here as opposed to this, you know, Bausch and Lomb lens or whatever? Yeah, like, wh- why is he talking about like the brand of lens? Like, it's because he's an inventor. Okay, okay. <laughs> all right, hand me that Zeiss lens. I- I've dealt with a lot of lenses. Never once have I said like, hand me that Zeiss lens. What is that anyway? I don't. Yeah, I. Why? I mean, is it because okay? And that when that happened, when they went to that theater. I thought about this, as I do every Michael Bay movie, uh, meta-textually, okay? Mm-hmm. I'm like, what is what is Michael Bay trying to say here? Um, I mean, oh, you mentioned earlier, Mike, that he, that they made a big deal about them shooting it in IMAX. Yeah, oh, uh, in, yeah and the 3D and, like, this new, the, you know, this, this format that um, is, like, they're, they're trying to hype up. And they do make a mention of that, right? The the. The owner of the theater is like, "Hey, this these projectors might be IMAX and all that." So, is yeah. he is he, he saying says they is might Michael be Bay digital? Saying- they might even be IMAX, <laughs> which is just offensive because it's like, "Oh yeah, IMAX is digital. That's cool." What is Michael Bay talking about? What is Michael Bay trying to say with that movie theater sequence? <laughs> I think he's trying to say, um, well, I mean, there's that whole thing at the beginning where. The guy's like, oh, you know, movies today suck. You know, it's all just sequels and remakes or whatever. And then they're like, don't listen to him. He's he's old and senile, you know. And it's like, oh, yeah, because, you know, everybody knows that there's nothing wrong with sequels and remakes and everything. (laughs) (laughs) So Michael Bay's just saying, fuck uh, film like fuck old film you know this is this is the new shit yeah that's what he's saying although yeah. i mean they, they to be fair though uh you know mark Wahlberg does say like this is a super simplex th- projector it's extremely rare which i you know i mean okay that's cool so he likes old projectors you know that's yeah not, okay fair enough fair enough so. but this was not shot on film though uh, right? it, no partially it was you, oh partially it was yeah, okay yeah yep. you can totally tell whenever they cut to thing I, mean, I don't know why they shot some of it on film but they totally did um but it, it is weird though because like yeah and seeing it you know opening night in imax like whenever they cut to like a film shot you're like ah okay i mean on its own it's like that's fine you know whatever but whenever they're with the imax 3d camera it's just like the most pristine image you've ever seen, you know? And I think this is also the movie where they, uh, where he first used the Bayhem camera, you know? Ah. So he's going back and forth. I mean, everyone talks about how like last night has like 25 aspect ratios and they keep on <laughs> switching between them. Like that's what this movie did for IMAX. It did the same exact thing. And you can see that on the, the like the 3D uh, Blu-ray as well. But the difference was that for normal theaters and on home video and everything, it was just a constant scope image but yeah he used like 17 different formats for this movie and all of them had a different aspect ratio and he just used whatever the most was i don't know why jesus um (laughs) i i mean we we can talk about that i'll you know we can dive deeper into that because um the last night has that i mean that the the home video versions the digital versions all the versions do that right where they shift aspect ratios uh, I, I am not 100% positive, but I hope so. Yeah. I'm not buying it. I'm just renting it off of iTunes. So, yeah. Yeah. I, I, I seem to remember watching it for the first time. I don't want to skip ahead to that one, but I'll just say real quick. I did not see that in theaters. I did not see last night in theaters. I think I learned my lesson after this one. So I ended up with a digital copy um, and I saw it, I think on Vudu. And I think the Vudu version digitally they it just it does change aspect ratios i even tweeted about it because it's insane to watch <laughs> um but you yeah, know yeah i saw this on itunes i saw age of extinction on itunes and yeah i had scope throughout so um yeah. what i i want to say really quickly about the look of the film though it was shot by cinematographer uh, amir mokri who yeah. worked on bad boys 2 um yeah immortals which is a very, I think, underappreciated film for its, its look, at least. And uh, Man of Steel, to bring that back around. Ah, uh, yeah. I think a very talented director of photography. Your mileage may vary on the director work. But, uh, <laughs> you know, a, a I, good, good guy, I think. I, good work. I can say for sure, for the, you know, as many problems as I had with the movie, the look of the movie, I mean, it looks amazing. Yes, it does. I agree. Yeah. 
Yeah, I I like I was kind of like in awe of like the the city shots, like even on my you know uh, basic HD TV. I wasn't watching this in 4K. So I refused to buy the 4K disc of this movie in particular. Um, but just on like HD, it was like, yeah, it looks amazing, especially through my Apple TV. So yeah, I'm, I'm a big fan of the look of this movie. Yeah, and yeah. he really captures like, it's going to sound weird, just, just hang on with me for a second. Because you know, we talked about the first film feeling almost Spielbergian with its tone and like the narrative and how yeah. it kind of, not entirely successfully, but it captures like that, that wistful youth, you know, like... That, that almost, if Amblin got, like, assaulted by Michael Bay in a back alley, that's kind of like the movie you get. Like, if it, like, got beat up by, like, a Michael Bay production, it's like, yeah, that's, all right, you came out the other side stronger. You, you, you defeated, like, they worked together instead of, like, being at opposing odds. And this one, like, Michael Bay won entirely. He won that fight. But um, there's, like, images that are very Spielbergian here. Uh, there's some scary stuff with the, the, the Decepticon baddie the lockdown i think his name was uh, that that i like a lot but there's also this gorgeous shot it's a single image of mark Wahlberg's kate yeager character standing out in his porch looking out at the night sky with the sunset in the background and the american flag hanging and some like some decorative uh lights being strung around a tree and i'm like wow that is a spielberg shot and it's like a great shot that invokes very nostalgic emotions for people that grew up with like the Amblin era stuff. What's it doing in this movie? Uh, I, I mean, I think he, he's always been a fan of Spielberg. It seems like, um, Oh, he always sought his approval when he was working uh, with DreamWorks for the original Transformers movies. So I don't know. Maybe that was just like his nod to yes. Remember back when, you know, I work with Spielberg. Yeah. <laughs> it's it a, it's a great happened? shot. Um, yeah. and then that's like it. He really does have. I mean, that that is kind of his aesthetic in a lot of ways, though. I think you know, that's that's definitely, I, to me anyway, like a, a Michael Bay trademark in a lot of ways. You know, yeah, the, yeah. Thinking back, of, yeah, with the American flag in the foreground and everything. I'm yeah. having a hard time remembering that particular shot, Diego. But like, it seems very like. Uh, I'm getting flashbacks to Armageddon, like those shots of like America, you know, back home, uh, countryside. Yeah, stuff. yeah, so, it's yeah, totally yeah. like there's almost like this working class hero angle that we were kind of making fun of earlier, but like it's almost there in the text. The movie completely drops the ball, but like, yeah, it's it's kind of it's interesting. Like, and I'll tweet out con- that image, uh, yeah, and okay. then I'll retweet it whenever this stuff comes out again too, because I really genuinely believe it. It's it's a great shot. A single soul shot that it just like made my jaw drop. <laughs> <laughs> it, and yeah, go, going back to that working class hero thing, it's a thing Michael Bay is struggling with because he's always wanting to make his characters soldiers by the end, um, which is very clear because we have uh, Jaeger, the inventor, scientist, holding a fucking gun while like Optimus is fighting the bad guy and I don't know why he's there. <laughs> There's no reason for him to be there. But yeah, he... I mean, it, it makes sense that the, Bay's next film is 13 Hours because he just felt at that point like, I want to make a legit soldiers in action movie. Like, I want to just go all in at this point, you know, after teasing it for, you know, these last movies. So I just want to go all in. And I could sense that. Um, but yeah, it's struggling against itself. It's like, yes, we have an interesting, smart inventor character here but i also want to make him like a rugged soldier guy so yeah that's why i don't buy it i don't buy mark warburg in this role again all right what else can we say about this tj miller yeah, yeah. <laughs> <What's-> <laughs> i just think it's so funny that the movie tries to prop up like this comedic relief sidekick and he dies horribly <laughs> that's right it's so good <laughs> it's it's the best the best part of the movie is this is this kind of like a i don't know again metatextually i always like to say that because i like to be pretentious during michael bay podcasts <laughs> is he saying something about the the like sidekick comedic characters because he's had plenty michael bay in his career like um is he saying like yeah we're we're taking it more serious this time i'm gonna kill the comedic sidekick like 30 minutes in he's fucking toast literally it's just uh, odd to me. 
I, I don't think I don't he's know. necessarily doing that, but uh, but yeah, I don't know. I, mm. I think he's trying to show that he's going to up the ante this time, which is yeah. kind of funny because the last film was like an Avengers level like disaster in, in terms of action, not in terms of quality. You know, it's the Battle of New York and the Battle of Chicago are basically of the same scale. And that's, right. uh, yeah. and then he's like, oh, no, but this one, the real shit's going down. And it does, but it's like, it's too much by that point. And if we're going to talk metatextual, talk me down if I'm crazy, please, the both of you. Because I Here think I have like a thesis about this film kind of in the writing or Michael Bay trying to say like, Oh yeah, like but that that thing you brought about like franchises and sequels, it's all they are now and reboots. And this film has like that corporation trying to like revitalize technology and the Transformers and how that winds up being a bad thing because then they're like hijacked for nefarious purposes. Is Michael Bay trying to give commentary on that? Cuz if so, I welcome it. I don't I'm not, I don't even care if it works. Just like I just was really drawn to that on this viewing. And I hadn't really uh, noticed it before. On the fact that giving corporations too much power? Yeah. Uh, I get, I could see that. Especially with, like... Because um, Kelsey Grammer's character, he's isn't he, isn't, the, isn't he the government official, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So it's kind of like... It kind of felt like a... Um, uh, what's that firm that Dick Cheney owns? The the, the 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 military corporation. I just I just saw Angel Has Fallen, by the way, like this past week. Oh and I, no, I'm kind of in that mode. That that is actually a good movie. Okay, it, okay, <laughs> yeah, it's Blackwater. That's right, the Blackwater Corporation. Oh, he so, owned that. That makes total sense. I'm uh, just saying, I didn't uh, yeah. know that. <laughs> Dick Cheney had owned owned or owned part of Blackwater. I mean, it all makes sense, man. Oh yeah, um, no, completely but, with that one. Yeah, yeah. But no, yeah, th- th- there's a like Blackwater esque plotline going through Angel Has Fallen, which I recommend. Um, but no, yeah, that kind of makes sense. He's he's going, he's, he, especially at the end, he's really going for the anti corporation, anti government angle, and uh, especially when Optimus Prime straight up kills Kelsey Grammer. <laughs> that's that's a hell of a statement right there. <laughs> I mean, it is. But then, like, I just flash back to the previous films where he's like, "No, Bumblebee, we do not harm humans." <laughs> And then I mean, this one, he's like, fuck Elsie Grammer. <laughs> well, he, he does say earlier in the movie, he's like, I took a vow to never kill a human, but whoever did this is going to die. You have to step back and go, oh, all right, chill out, Optimus Prime. <laughs> I mean, he, he, is, he, is, he is very angry in this movie. I got, I, I don't know, like, Mike. He's not this angry in the cartoons, right? He's No, he, in the cartoons, I mean there's a lot of like kids who like really loved Optimus Prime and saw him as like a father figure and everything like that. I never really got that. I always like saw him more as like sort of like a teacher or a boss who was really good and who, you know, you trusted and everything, but at the same time like you wouldn't want to hang out with him on the weekends because he's your boss, you know? <laughs> like like that's that's my impression of Optimus Miss Prime. So, whereas, like, you know, the other characters, like Bumblebee, like, he's your buddy, he's your best friend, you know, whatever. So, I don't know. But he was never like, I'm going to murder everybody, you know? He was never <laughs> like that. He's only killed, like, one person in, in the... Uh, in the in the movies comics and that that person came back to life so you know whatever i mean for god's sakes he's a he's a bloodthirsty maniac by the end <laughs> especially like the his superman moment at the end flying through space saying uh like uh to my creators like do not touch earth you know i'm coming for you or something <laughs> oh yeah <laughs> this movie ends with optimus prime yelling at god and saying that he's gonna kill god <laughs> Yep. This this movie should be incredible. <laughs> yep. Oh, but yet is it is as as insane as it is. As much as we're we're, we're having fun with it, it is not good, man. Ah. Oh. oh, we haven't oh. even touched the, the the family dynamic that's going on in this movie that gets real uncomfortable real fast. <laughs> yeah. Oh. I, I, I guess I could I could do it if no one else wants to. Go, Go ahead, Diego. <laughs> All right. So, um, Katie Yeager, Mark Wahlberg has a daughter played by Nicola Peltz, who uh, viewers might know from the 
Last Airbender film adaptation. Yeah, that movie that everybody saw and loved. <laughs> That's the only as one everybody thing I've knows. Seen her in. I, I have no no feelings about her as an actress. I think she's she's not. If she was in a good movie, I bet she would be better. But I can't say that for sure. I just haven't seen her in one of those before. Um, and she, her character, who I believe is seventeen, uh, is dating an, an older man played by really talented actor Jack Raynor, uh, a, ra- a rally car driver. An Irish rally car driver, and I did not know um, he did that. Yeah, they they uh, put the Romeo and Juliet clause that makes they bring some something up with that that makes it okay oh, for yeah, an underage girl right. to date an older man. It's like why the fuck didn't you just like make the characters older and like it didn't have to be weird. Like, Wait, that. And, and, like okay, that's I'm, the weirdest shit ever. I've I've waited like forty minutes into this episode to reveal this to you guys. I I, I took a nap halfway through this, and I woke up thirty minutes later. So <laughs> that's fair. Um, yeah. Okay. I apologize for that. Um, but I think I slept through that part. But now I remember because I I, I apparently did watch this twice in my life. Um, I looked it up on Letterboxd as we were talking, and I was like, "Did I only see this once? No, I saw this fucking twice." Is isn't that Romeo and Juliet clause like? A Texas like law, they, yeah, and they even yeah, say it's, it's like one of those weird. things, like I, almost like that you would find in like an episode of Family Guy or something like that, where like they're like, "This is a Texas law," and then the guy's got like laminated in his wallet, which is you know that's a whole <laughs> other thing, but whatever. Um, and then you know, like Mark Wahlberg's like, "Is that a real law?" And he's like, yes. And then, like, turns to the camera and looks at the audience and is like, look it up. You know, I mean, they <laughs> they don't do that, but that's almost what it feels like. You know, like, yes, no, this really is a real law. For real. Uh, it's weird. It's and so weird. It is. It's it's very uncomfortable. And then they're like, we, we dated for a little while. Well, you know, and then she's like saying like, I don't know, well, I was a sophomore or whatever, but like you do the math, like he's 20, she's 17. So that means that like for this law to be in effect, like he was 17 and she was 14, which is just like just as weird. I, I don't know. Whatever. I don't know. Hey, and thanks, Michael Bay, for saying this, for saying the uh, first part in Texas. Thanks. And I love that little, what is it, the, 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 the title on screen? Texas, USA. USA. <laughs> Where in Texas? <laughs> the entirety of Texas. The all entire Texas. Um, thank you, uh, Michael Bay, for that. Um, and uh, yeah, I, I do remember him filming in Texas. They made a big deal about it here. And I don't remember exactly where they did it, but yeah, they had massive explosions well because it's a michael bay film and i remember hearing about the explosions um didn't somebody die on set in texas no. on this movie or, 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 or am i making so. that up i don't know i don't think so um, i may be confusing with another movie but no i i seem to remember that oh, no, being a big so, deal no i don't think anyone died during it and if they did my deepest apologies um but someone did throw an air conditioner at michael bay in oh, yeah. yeah. That's right. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I remember that. Which, you know, when you first hear about that, you're like, someone threw an air conditioner at him? That <laughs> yeah. seems strange. But he's throwing a bunch of air conditioners at other people, so, you know, maybe he had it coming? I don't know. Like, in the context <laughs> of the movie, you're like, oh, well, air conditioners are being thrown, you know? So, maybe that's yeah. not so weird. I don't know. No, not not weird at all. No, but then you you find out it's not part of the the shoot. <laughs> it's just a dude who threw an air conditioner at him. Yeah, yeah. Maybe that happened before they filmed that sequence, and he's like, "Air conditioners throwing." There you Let's go. Let's put that in. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy. Um, I think that's enough of Age of Extinction. I think, guys. Um, unless we unless there's any other points we want to hit before we end this. Uh, Diego, last thoughts. Oh, oh, this movie has so much going on that we didn't even get to talk about how they go back to Chicago and then they go That's to, right. to China for the third act because of uh, tax cuts and tax breaks. And that's how the Transformers movies continued booming in their uh, their box office grosses until the last night, which did not fare well anywhere. Uh, yeah. But, but this it, one did really well. Really, really, really well. It, it was – well, I guess we're still in that time – not so much anymore, but back then, yeah, American studio films really injected that 
that China aspect of it. And mm-hmm. here for sure. I'm sure they, it felt like they had a cameo of like a, a famous, you know, Asian pop star there. Cause like they really focused on like some guy's expression as like the, the alien ships were sucking up, you know, the cars. It's like that may seem substantial to somebody watching this, not for yeah. me, an American. No, yeah. yeah. My, my, like I was watching and my wife came in and she's like, is that somebody famous? Because it sure seems like it would be just the way that they're yeah. shooting it, you know? But yeah. Yeah. Yeah, no, I mean, yeah. it's it's insane. I mean, this is the thing about this movie and, like, Michael Bay in general. Like, I remember someone saying, like, this movie is two hours and 46 minutes long. Like, that's crazy. And he's like, well, when I make these movies, you know, they're for a lot of people. And people, you know, they, they pay their money and they come to see them and they want to see everything. So I want to give them everything. And that's why they're two hours and 46 minutes long. And I'm like, yes, people want everything, but they don't want two hours and 46 minutes of it. You know, like this seems to be Mm -hmm. like a a basic principle that he's missing, you know, like the idea of like a comedy shouldn't be over 90 minutes long, you know, like that kind of thing. Like he doesn't get that. It's so strange. Um, But yeah, I guess that's my final thought thought and and i will just say yeah. <laughs> one little interesting note that uh when interstellar was released um you know they they were playing it in 35 millimeter at a lot of places and there was a lot of places that yeah. hadn't run 35 millimeter for a very long time so you know they were shipping out reels to theaters so that they could test out their equipment essentially and uh the reel that we got at least was the first reel of Transformers Age of Extinction. So there you go. <laughs> For whatever you go. reason. You saw that got, in film. Got to the see first it on 35 millimeter. It was amazing. Nice. <laughs> um, what, what's not so amazing? This movie yeah. in my experience with it. This may, this is at the bottom of the list for me in terms of Michael Bay movies. I'm putting it firmly at the bottom. Um, again, I enjoyed some of that stuff towards the end, especially the whole the whole uh, spaceship sucking, all like that. the The moment when it sucks that uh, big ship, big boat, whatever, and like smashes it into a skyscraper, that was pretty cool, right? Yeah. But by that point, but by that point, we're already two hours and twenty, thirty minutes in, and like, well. You know, this hasn't mm-hmm. excited me enough. There's so you're saying the best part of Age of Extinction is how much it sucks. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. There you go. Yeah. We should end it. We should end it there. <laughs> a smash cut to the credits. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, um, I am afraid of what the next Transformers movie will hold. Huh. I I actually don't remember a lot of it, and. I don't know. We'll see. We'll talk about it in two episodes. But yeah, um, this is the worst Michael Bay movie. Worst Transformers movie for me. Um, can I ask you guys where you'd, you'd rank this in the, in the Michael Bay filmography as, uh, as of this movie? Hmm. Diego? Yeah, this is this is probably the worst one. Yeah, definitely worst the worst one. Transformers movie. But again, I do want to highlight that there's some hilariously insane garbage in this that <laughs> if you compiled all these ideas together for like a 10-minute YouTube clip, it would be hilarious and awesome. Like it's it's a movie that has robot dinosaurs come in randomly in the third act. Uh, Mark Wahlberg plays a man named Katie Yeager who's a ripped inventor who fights the U.S. government. Um, and and Optimus Prime just gets jetpack boots and flies into space to kill God. That's how the movie ends. This should this should be incredible, and it's on, not. On paper, on paper, it should work. On paper. Yeah. Like, everything you've just said makes it seem, makes it sound like it's a five-star movie. But oh, yeah, but it is not. It is, it is in fact, the opposite of that. Uh, Mike, where, where, where would you place this? Um, yeah, out of the ones we've seen so far, it's probably at the bottom or, or close to it. Um, but you know, we've still got a couple more movies to watch. So, yeah, we uh, have we have two more. Yeah, we have two more. Yeah. Um, thirteen hours. This was it. The Secret Soldiers of Benghazi. Is that mm-hmm. the full title? Something like that. Oh, okay. oh, I'm yep, glad I got that right. One. And also Transformers: The Last Night. 
Oh, I can't wait. Honestly, I can't wait for one of those. I can't <laughs> wait for the other. Um, but yeah, we'll, we'll talk about it in the next two episodes. Uh, do we do plugs in the show? We do plugs, right? Yeah, yeah we do plugs. Just do plugs. Yeah, yeah. Um, pl- let's plug ourselves. Diego, you go first. Where can the people listening find you online? You can find me at the Waffle Press. That is my podcast where I do uh, roundtable discussions monthly over the movies that me and my co-host Gene and other guests we have on the show, uh, we, we talk about those. And, of course, my long-form retrospective series with Matt Garingo, uh, which oh, the, when we started doing Bayhem, uh, I had just started Batman and then I wrapped that up and then I started Spider-Man and I wrapped that up. And now I'm doing uh, Happy Amblin. Which is a Steven Spielberg, Adam Sandler crossover retrospective where I hop between the filmographies of uh, Adam Sandler's leading roles and Steven Spielberg's directorial work. And hopefully it ends in a culmination of both of their talents. I would love for them to work together. That would be the perfect end of that retrospective. And it will take up the next year of my life. So go check that out. (laughs) That sounds amazing. And also amazing it's a lot <laughs> i don't know i don't know how else to describe it it's uh, it's it's an interesting idea and i saw your your tweets about it i haven't listened uh, i haven't listened to it yet but oh boy it sounds like you're in for something oh i i sure am <laughs> uh mike what about you plugs uh you can find me on my website filmdamagepod.com doing a show called film damage where we talk about film projection and you can also find me on TheNerdParty.com doing a show called Retro Perspective, where we take a look at all of the movies released 25 years ago this week. And you can find me on Trek.fm doing a show called Tracks on the Line, where we provide audio commentary for episodes of Star Trek dealing with Picard and other people leading up to the release of Star Trek Picard, where we'll be doing commentaries for those things and you can also find me on twitter and letterboxd at mumbles 3k there you go as for me talk film society read it listen to it love it uh, patreon.com slash talk from society for all exclusive bonuses listen to my lord of the rings podcast which at this point um is is out uh i hope i hope you've enjoyed it you're enjoying it um, because I spent a lot of time with a lot of great people working on it. So there you go. It, that one's called Going Helms Deep, the Lord of the Rings podcast. Thank you for laughing. Um, and that is this episode. Uh, I hope you, people listening have enjoyed this episode of podcasting more than they've enjoyed Age of Extinction. Um, can't wait to talk about 13 hours. I'm not going to reveal how I feel about it just yet. But I've 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 really I've uh, I've teased it. I like that movie. I can't wait to talk about it. So yeah, that's the next episode. And now, guys, it's time for our signature sign off. You ready? It's been a while. Maybe we can remember it. Here we go. Three, two, one. You hey, forgot you forgot your boarding, boarding pass. pass. Hey, we got it. Mm-hmm.